in Richburg, South Carolina, there is a company called the Institute for Business and Home Safety. And they have a $40 million lab there in that town where they check out the stress levels of, of house building. They typically build two 13-square-foot homes, and one the way the old way was, and then they try the new product on the other house, and they put it in this lab where they test it with hurricane force winds and rain. They want to see kind of what the stress levels look like. And they, they'll test everything from siding on the house, maybe the, the, the new trusses that uh, they're using uh, in, in the industry, maybe the type of roofing, uh, could be the windows that are in the house, maybe the, the foundation as well. But they literally will put 110 mile an hour winds, hurricane force storm system inside of this lab to see what happens. And you tell me, based on the picture, which house would you like to, to maybe live in? That picture will come up shortly. <laughs> there it is. Yes. So the roof is kind of blown off the one. So I'm guessing the right side might be where you want to be. And we're going to wind up and finish up our series today uh, called After the Rose as we've kind of leaned into marriages and what healthy marriages should look like. And I want to remind us, too, that while we're focused on marriages in this series, all of these principles apply to any relationship that you have because Jesus kind of sets the standard for how we treat other people, Right? And that's who we want to be like. That's who we want to live out each and every day. And when we started this four weeks ago, we were reminded that all of us, when we say, I do, we bring a wheelbarrow load full of bricks down the aisle with us when we say, I do, to that person that we want to spend the rest of our life with. And some of those bricks that we bring into the marriage, we know about. Others we are made aware of along the way. Uh, and then our spouse, as we look at the ones that they bring into the marriage, uh, we had no idea they had that many bricks when they were coming in. We might have gone a different direction. But what we discovered along the way, too, is that if we're not careful, if we don't keep Christ at the center of our relationship, we use those bricks to build walls in between us. And we lose the, the deep intimacy that we long for in all the relationships that we want to have. And there are a lot of different types of bricks that we use as we build that, that wall up. And then Cale reminded us from Ephesians chapter 5 what Paul called us to in, in marriage. In chapter 5, he, he reminds us that it really is about this mutual submission to one another. That if we're truly acting like Jesus in our marriage or whatever relationship you might want to take on in your own mind right now, it's the idea that we treat other people as more important than ourselves. And yes, that even includes in our marriage that we're, we've got this mutual submission to one another, that we treat each other with love and respect. And then last week we talked about as we, as we recognize at times that we've built a wall sometimes in our relationship, sometimes in our marriage, there are ways that we can disassemble the wall. We can tear down the bricks because of how Jesus has called us to live out each and every day. And today we want to take a look at the foundation of the relationships and marriage that you and I find ourselves to be a part of. What type of foundation do you have in your marriage and in the relationships that mean the most to you? 
Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount gives us a, a good visual of what that might look like as he talks about two different home builders and kind of how they position their house. The houses look pretty identical except for what's really in the foundation area of the house. So we're going to start this morning in Matthew chapter 7. If you've got your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn there. Matthew chapter 7, our text is going to be on the screen as well. And Jesus says, beginning in verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And Jesus says there are a couple of different ways to build a relationship. There are a couple of different ways to live life. And it all starts with the foundation that you want to build on your house or in your relationships. There are two different builders here. And as I've already said, they, they build pretty much the same kind of house, but they they started in different places. And as we think about our relationships and our marriage, we all want to build something that is going to last forever. And so what is that foundation really, really built on in our relationships and in our marriages? Well, it's the cumulative effect of all the small decisions that you and I make over the course of time. And so when you get married, as we've already stated uh, in past weeks, there are ideas that you bring from your house of origin into the marriage. So the way that things should be or could be. We've had a debate with friends about do you, have, uh, do you open the wrap gifts on Christmas Eve or do you wait till uh, the Christmas morning to do that? And there are different opinions on that. You bring that kind of stuff into the marriage. Your, your perception of, of male-female roles in life. How does that play out? Who is expected to do what in the marriage? The words that we speak to, to one another and how our body language intonates that. What's the tone of your language? All of these pieces come together to begin to build the foundation of the relationship, the marriage that we want to have in our life. And Jesus says the wise builder knows that there are no shortcuts to that. That, that really there's, there's only one way to do that, and that's with Jesus Christ as part of the equation. He says that those who are unwise, those that are foolish, try to discover how they can cut corners and take shortcuts to have the kind of foundation that they're hoping for but will never have because they take the shortcuts. And this is where you and I sometimes can get into trouble in our marriages and in our relationships because we enter into a marriage as a partnership. We want the best for one another. And what we discover and have discovered in this series is that if you truly want that deep, abiding, supernatural oneness with that special someone that you said yes to, that will only happen if you've also said yes to Jesus Christ. That's the only way that that's going to play out. And Jesus reminds us in our text in Matthew 7, he says, look, there are two ways that you can build. One on solid bedrock and the other way on shifting sand. And many of you have already experienced this. Some of you have yet to experience this, but this is a true fact. Every house will experience storms. Every single one of us 
will experience storms in life. They are going to come. They will be here. And when we take a look at verse 25 and 27 of our text, Jesus describes what that kind of looks like in a visual that helps us understand better because we've all been through storms. He says there are going to be torrential downpours. The floodwaters will rise and the wind is going to beat against that house. But if you're anything like me, I look around at the difficulties that I see folks living out their relationships and their marriages in life, and like most humans, I say, while I see that, it'll never happen to me. Raise your hand if you've ever said that on any level, it'll never happen to me, right? And what do we discover along the way? It happens to us. There's just no getting around it. You see, Paul reminded us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 of this truth. He says, those who get married will have troubles. It's going to happen. And so if that is a given, if that is a definite in life, I want to make sure that my house is built on a solid foundation. I want to make sure that that as he talks through, Paul talks through in chapter 7 there of 1 Corinthians, I understand the level of commitment and covenant and love that I'm expected to have as a follower of Jesus Christ. And sometimes in life, we we think that we're kind of prepared, that we're safe, if you will, because I've said yes to Jesus Christ, so so I'm kind of free from that kind of stuff. And while saying yes to Jesus Christ absolves you of your sin and you've got a house full of grace, it actually puts a bigger target on your back as a follower of Christ because Satan, our enemy, wants to destroy every relationship that is pleasing to God. He wants to tear you apart. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he said that the enemy's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. And I promise you, if you have said yes to Jesus Christ, he is going to be even more intent to tear your marriage to pieces, to remove the relationship you have with your kids, to take those steady buoys that you have in life, your best friends, your workplace. He wants to isolate you and make you feel like you are alone. And I know that some of you here in this room or maybe joining us online right now, you are in the middle of a storm. And you're wondering, were we ready? Have we built the right foundation? Are we going to survive? Some of you in this room joining us online, you've already experienced storms in your life and you've got the scars to prove it. But you came through because you started out with the right foundation. And some of you are looking to the horizon and you see the storm brewing and you know it's coming your way and the call is to include Jesus Christ in your relationships, in your marriage in order to make sure that when the storm does hit, you are ready. And the storm comes in lots of different ways. We described some of those bricks we had on stage a few weeks ago. And, and for some of us, it's, it's the unmet need that we don't feel our spouse is attending to. It's the unrealistic expectation that we have of our spouse to complete us. It's maybe the anger and bitterness that you brought in from another relationship into your marriage. It, it could be the unrepentant sin that you feel like you've hid in a compartment of your, of your heart. And all of those bricks come together to create the storms in our life that we we really don't want to face. And if we haven't prepared and we're not ready, we may get to the point where we're asking the question, should we just sell the house? 
Should we just split everything down the middle and kind of go our separate ways? But one thing that we do know is that when the storm comes, the storm reveals the type of material that you've used to build your house. Again, reminding us that Paul said the storms are going to come. And so what type of material have you used to build your house? I would dare say that most of us in here in our relationships and in our marriages, we are leaning into the understanding, the idea that I have done what I can to show love and affirmation. I am committed to this relationship. But the truth is you will never really know that until the storm comes and shows the kind of material that you've used to build that house. We work hard at making the aesthetics look good in our home. I know that you've had guests in your home before. We have about three different connect groups that meet in our home, and we love using our home as it's just something God's given us as a resource to use for his kingdom. We love it. And there are moments when people come into our home and they might say something like, wow, your home has some, some good curb appeal. I like the way you've got the backyard set up. Wow, the, the way Robin has everything decorated looks great. I guarantee nobody ever walked into anybody's house and say, well, it's a great foundation. This is really good concrete. This is really good. It's going to last a while. No one has ever said that in anybody's home. They've never walked into my house and said that either. We work hard at the aesthetics of our relationships. And Jesus tells us, don't overlook the foundation. That's the most important part. And Jesus, in the text in Matthew 7, in the original language for the unwise, he uses the word moro. We get our English word moron from that. <laughs> you don't pay attention to the, the foundation of your home and your relationship. Jesus says, you're a moron. <laughs> you're not thinking quite clearly. So the question we had this morning is, on what foundation are you building your home? On what foundation are you cultivating the relationships you find in your, your life? Because I will stand by this, I've said it through the whole series, the most impactful thing you can do in your life for all your relationships is to say yes to Jesus Christ. The most important thing you can do in your marriage and in life is to say yes to Jesus Christ. But we've got to be real intentional about that, don't we? It doesn't just happen. I mean, our enemy places barricades in our way all the time. Busyness, the schedule, the list goes on. We've got to be intentional about the kind of foundation we want to have in our relationship. I, I remember distinctly the first time that I saw Robin. She was working behind a, a, a jewelry counter in Walmart in central Arkansas. She was trying on all the rings. It's true. She was... <laughs> and I was one of the managers in the store, and I walked by and I said, that's interesting, but that's definitely a girl that I'd like to get to know. All the other guys in the store were saying the same thing. And so we had this whirlwind romance, and six months later, we eloped and we got married. See, I had to quickly marry her or she'd find out who I really was and walk away. So I had to solidify the deal. But initially, it was physical attraction. That's what got us together. And then it was the butterflies in the stomach and the way she made me feel, and according to her, the way I made her feel, and those feelings kind of cultivated our relationship along the way. But if you don't think about the foundation in your relationship, you'll have trouble. Most of us have heard of this next structure. And in 1173, there's a little town in Italy, town by the name of Pisa, that has a beautiful church there. And they decided to build 
uh, a bell tower behind the church. Most of us know the structure as the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It took them 200 years to build this bell tower. But the definition for the word Pisa, the town's name, is soft, marshy land. <laughs> they didn't consider that when they were building the structure. And as more weight was added, it began to tilt. And to this day, it has a four-degree tilt in the tower. They didn't think about the structure. They didn't think about the foundation. And Robin and I had been in the world, and when we met each other, we fell in love. We got married. And the day after we got married, we're leaving Arkansas, moving to a foreign land called Minnesota. Very different for southern people up there. Good people, but on, in the rider truck, the, the moving truck, it was just she and I. And we decided on those hours on the road that we wanted to be reconnected to Jesus Christ. That, that if this thing was going to work, then we knew Jesus had to be a part of the process. And so we prayed openly together in, uh, during that move on the way. I said, Jesus, we know that we are kind of used up. We, we've made poor decisions along the way, but if you'll have us, we'd love to be called your children again. We made the decision. The foundation for our relationship together was, was so important. We wanted Jesus to be a part of that process. Gary Thomas in his book, Sacred Marriage, says that we end up asking the question many times, did I marry the right person? And what we're really asking is, how does that person make me feel? And if we lean into feelings rather than the commitment and the covenant we've made one to another, we could be in trouble. A commitment is, is saying, this is the only person for me. I said yes, and I'm going to journey with in life. Despite the bricks, we're going to handle those hard conversations. We're going to talk about it. We're going to unpack that. A better word other than commitment, a more biblical word might be covenant that we've made one to another. But see, the world leans into the opposite idea of that, and it's more of a transactional relationship that the world finds themselves in. It's this idea that I will do X if you do Y. As long as you handle this, I will do this, and it really becomes a bargaining piece with strings attached. But you see, as we follow Jesus Christ, what we discover is the idea of covenant that says, I'm going to be the same person no matter what you do or say. No matter the direction you end up going, Jesus is in my life and I want to be that person. You see, ultimately, it is your personal commitment to Jesus Christ that makes all the difference in the world. Because Jesus is the ultimate brick, brick uh, collapser, isn't he? he? He moves the walls down. He's the one who makes way for all of us to have that deep, rich, abiding relationship that we want in all of our relationships. And when that 110-mile-an-hour hurricane-force wind hits your relationship, it will stand firm when you've built on Jesus Christ. He is the one that makes all the difference. The writer in Psalm chapter 127 and verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. It's Jesus Christ that makes everything possible for deep, abiding, wonderful, beautiful relationships. You may remember last week we had three gauges, car gauges up on the, on the screen. One was the physical attraction. The other was the emotional aspect of the relationship. And the third was the spiritual. And you can have a good marriage with the physical and the emotional in a marriage but you will never, ever 
have the deep abiding oneness, the supernatural togetherness without Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus that we find that kind of relationship. And if we look back at our text in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, it says, the person who puts into practice what I've said is wise. Both builders heard the same story, but only one of them acted wisely on what Jesus had called them to do. And you may be sitting here in this room this morning joining us online saying, my marriage has issues, and that would be a true statement because you are in it. <laughs> We're all human beings, and we all bring bricks to the equation. We all bring, bring downfalls to the equation. You see, church, every single one of us need a master builder, and his name is Jesus Christ. All of us need Jesus as part of our life. Now, I didn't follow up on this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to challenge you yet again for something to do with your spouse. I want you for the next two weeks to pray out loud once a day, holding hands with your spouse. And that's an opportunity for you to see their heart, to hear the direction that they want the relationship to go how you want to interact with your kids, what you want your friend's circle to look like, how you want your spiritual development to move forward from that moment. This is not a prayer where it's time to be preachy, by the way. Dear Lord, help him find the clothes hamper. <laughs> Close off the floor. It's not that moment. It's not a moment for you to say, Lord Jesus, please let her know that I don't like that particular meal. It's an opportunity for us to show each other our hearts. Because if we end up leaning into how we're feeling in our relationships, it creates a couple of different issues. And one is feelings create unsustainable pressure on your spouse. In other words, I'm saying I need you to make me happy. I need you to complete me. I need you to be everything that I cannot be. Can you feel the pressure that you're putting on your spouse when you say that. See, what we know is pressure plus time equals a cracked foundation. No one, no one on the face of the earth was created to complete you. No one is created to make you happy. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And when we make a decision to place ourselves in the midst of Jesus Christ, everything else will fall into place because it's him that completes us. Equally, feelings can also create unreasonable disappointment. And so if I'm on the other side expecting you to make me happy, expecting you to complete me, expecting you to be everything that I'm not, guess what? It's not going to happen. And so you're going to become disappointed and you're going to begin looking for someone else to make you feel that way. The only trouble is that person doesn't exist. It's only Jesus Christ that completes us. And so this whole series, church, has been about us taking a look at our marriages and our relationships and how we can best take care of the bricks that we brought into that relationship, how we can lean into Jesus Christ for the leadership and the direction that we know that we need to go. And today, just a reminder that we're called to build the foundation using Jesus Christ as that foundation. It's only in him that we're ever, ever going to have that deep abiding relationship that we so desire. And all of us long to be affirmed. All of us long to be loved. And Jesus Christ is here to do that for each and every one of us. Now, I know that some of you 
may have really worked hard on your marriage and you're still just not quite where you want to be. And maybe it's because you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. Today could be that day for you where you lean into him and you say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. I want to build everything in my life on you. And so you're baptized into his name, brought up out of that water, clean of your sin, full of the Holy Spirit, ready to move forward in life, proclaiming him as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe there's some of us here joining us online that you've said yes to Jesus at some time and you're just tired, tired of trying to fix the relationship and make things work. And and I want to encourage you that, that God has not left you. Jesus Christ is still with you. And so as we sing this next song, our shepherds and their wives will be gathered along the wall of this room. And I want to encourage you to get up out of your chair and go find one of those couples and let them pray for you. Let them lay hands on you. Let them remind you that you are cherished and loved beyond anything else in this world. Your God loves you. And he wants the very best for you. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life into the full. It's up to us to receive that free gift. So church, with one voice, let's stand as the family of God and praise his holy name.